Before we begin, let us once again invite our God. A loving Father in heaven, as we come to the close of this camp, this last evening we gather together in this assembly. Lord, perhaps there are over 500 people in this hall. And it is a mystery to this servant, knowing that we come from so many different backgrounds. The citizens of the kingdom, those aspiring to enter in, those continuing to rebel with different needs, with different expectations, with different desires. Yet this servant firmly believes that through the presence of thy Holy Spirit, that those that have come with prepared hearts will receive that which is needed. Heavenly Father, we are here to uplift the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, above all other names. We are blessed so much already in this day and in the days past. The prayer is that thou wouldst remove the man from this place and allow thy Holy Spirit to speak simply yet boldly And to this end, we will give thee the honor and the glory and praise through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. It seemed that it was only about a couple of days ago that we were arriving to the camp, to the campgrounds, hazy Sunday afternoon eagerly anticipating the beginning of the camp, busily going about looking for our accommodations and assembling here into this hall to address this awesome theme, the kingdom of God. It is so broad and so much that it has to offer that it is very difficult to address all that in a week, but yet those that have started the camp That Sunday evening, remember that Tom challenged us that as citizens of this kingdom, he anticipates a revolution, a moving of the Holy Spirit among his people in producing a change, change for the kingdom. And as we enjoyed throughout the week, Various sermons, inspiration hours, Bible class lessons, the forums, the fellowship, the choirs, the time alone, the prayer meetings, the social hour. For the citizens of the kingdom of God, a true blessing. Each and every day produces more and more of a revelation and appreciation what the kingdom of God is all about. 
The prayers go out. The messages go out. The reminder of the fact that the kingdom of God is within you, as our Lord Jesus Christ clearly stated. And as Brother Philip has pointed out, a description of this banner, God, in golden letters, gold representing symbolically in this earthly value system the most valuable of all as a spirit above a man, depicting that it is about relationship between man and God. And this bright light coming out of the center of man, out of, the, out of his heart. We were reminded of tragic accidents, that life has no certainty here below. We were reminded of the judgment, the white throne judgment that is coming. And last night, Brother Bob so aptly reminded us that our King is alive. He lives. He sits on the right-hand side of the Father, interceding for his citizens, for his brethren. And as we sat and listened to the inspiration hour last night, I have to tell you, many of us experienced something we haven't in the past, at least not in my experience. Such an awesome moving of the Spirit. So many came forward and praised God for it, showing that God is still working in their hearts. And as I was contemplating tonight's message, knowing that we have heard so much about the kingdom, the Lord laid on my heart to continue with the theme of that heart being the center of everything in man, man's life. To ensure that even though God has started and initiated this work in the men and young men and women that came out here last night, some 60, maybe 70, there may be others out there that were afraid to come forward or not ready, but it is all about man's heart. And to help me convey that story, God has used one of his stories from the Old Testament. He has led me to a prophecy that he has given to a young man in the Old Testament. And what is prophecy but God writing up the history in advance? It is his story. So with the help of the Lord, I wish to read from the second chapter of Daniel. The chapter is rather lengthy, so I will read only a portion of it, but I'm sure you will get a gist of it. It speaks prophetically of what has mostly taken place of already about the earthly kingdoms that came and are gone, and of the kingdom of God that was to be established, that is established, that is within us, and it is to come. And I want to use that story with God's help to draw a parallel to the kingdom of man's heart and the necessity that the kingdom of man's heart must surrender, unconditionally surrender to the kingdom of heaven. I will start with verse 26 of Second Daniel. 
The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Are thou able to make known unto me the dream which I have seen and the interpretation thereof? Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king has demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers show unto the king. But there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets and maketh known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. The dream and the visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. As for thee, O king, thy thoughts came into, came into, thy, <clears throat> into thy mind upon thy bed. What should come to pass thereafter? And he that revealeth secret maketh known to thee what shall come to pass. But as for me, this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any living, but for their sake that they shall make known the interpretation to the king, and that thou mightest know the thoughts of thy heart. Thou, O king, sawest, and behold, a great image. The great image whose brightness was excellent stood before thee, and the form there was terrible or awesome. This image head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, and his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay, and brake them to pieces." Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken. And I have to tell you that this word broken is crushed. To pieces together and became like the shaft of the summer thrashing floor. And the wind carried them away that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Thou, O king, are a king of kings. This is lowercase k. For the, king, for the God of heaven had given thee a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. And whosoever the children of man dwell, the beasts of the field and the fowls of the heaven, had he given into thine hand, and had made thee ruler over them, all, thou art this head of gold. And after thee shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee, and another third kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule <clears throat> over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces, and subdueth all things, and is iron that is breaketh all things, shall it break in peace and bruise. And whereas thou sawest the feet and toes part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of, <clears throat> of the strength of the iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. 
And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break or crush in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without, a hand, without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold. The great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter. And the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. We'll stop with this verse. I was looking for a portion of the scripture that would have perhaps some relevance and implication to most of, or some of you people in this audience, most of you young people. And Daniel is my, one of my favorite characters in the Bible. For as we read about the book of Daniel, we find that it is believed that as he was growing up in Israel, being raised by his parents, that about the age of 16 maybe or thereabouts, a lot of you are that age today, and about this age, something very unexpected has happened in his life, something that was outside of his control, something perhaps he didn't even have a clue about, even though prophets have prophesied. Prophet Jeremiah spoke about this event. But people of Israel were not obedient, were not following God's word and God's instruction for living, were not the example that they were supposed to be of a holy living. And God has promised a discipline, a chastisement for the whole nation, that he was to take the nation of Judah and Israel, Judah came later, and to take him into exile for 70 years. We know about that story. But we find that Daniel found himself in a very strange kingdom, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles away from his home. And we find about this young man, about this Daniel and some of his friends, they were of nobility, they were taken to the king's court. And they were to be educated in the ways of life of the king of Babylon. The way that their parents perhaps have taught them and brought them up, believing in God, Jehovah, and the lifestyle that they were to pursue was to be given up and to change. They changed their names. They gave them a different food to eat. But this is where the story really becomes very interesting, very important, and very relevant to a lot of you young people, it says in the first chapter that Daniel purposed in his heart. And we're going to be talking about the kingdom of the heart. He says, and Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat. What is heart? In context, the scripture speaks about heart. And who rules the kingdom of your heart is really the question. See, we find in Jeremiah, I think it was already mentioned before this week, but I will repeat it. In Jeremiah 17, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? He talks about the heart of men apart from God. The way you and I are born into this world, 
Without God, our heart, and when Scripture uses word heart, it relates to the innermost being, the center of our intellect and emotions and everything about life, and that is why it is the center of that relationship with our Heavenly Father. But without God, without surrendering the kingdom of your heart to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, your heart is deceitful above all things and desperately or incurably sick. That is what the Word of God says. It says, I, the Lord, search the heart. We talked about in our Bible class the other day, can Satan search our heart? And we all jointly concluded, no, he cannot. He can observe our behavior, but only God can search our heart, our innermost being, our thoughts. I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, and that is test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of, of his doings or the fruit of his deeds. And we talked about the judgment. See, your heart, my heart, is very important to God. For out of it come the issues of life, Proverbs 4.23 talks about. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The matters of eternal life come from here. But you see, Daniel had the right upbringing. Last night, Brother Bob talked about the importance and the necessity of parents of doing their job. Deuteronomy 6, of teaching their children from early in the morning to late at night. To put the laws of God on their foreheads in those little boxes. To, to have the reminders at every place. To teach them when you sit down, when you stand up, when you go to bed. I believe Daniel had that kind of upbringing and that kind of teaching that at the age of 16, as he has surrendered the kingdom of his heart, which was no longer wicked and, and incurably sick to the God Jehovah, that he was able to stand up to this King Nebuchadnezzar. See, Nebuchadnezzar, as God has given him the kingdom, reflects pretty much the kingdom of our heart apart from God. Like that head of gold, very proud, very arrogant, one that demands everything, has no problem stepping all over anybody else to achieve the final goal and objective. And in this king's court, young Daniel and his friends are being trained in the way of the kingdom of Babylon. And this man that has everything and believes that he can get anything he wants, and he did, has a dream. See, even when you think you have it all in life, God finds the way to trouble your heart. He has a dream that is giving him trouble at night. He can't sleep. It's disturbing his peace. 
And he calls all the wise men, everybody that was on his staff, if you will, in, term, in today's terminology, and tells him, I'm not going to tell you what I've dreamt. I want you to tell me what my dream is all about, and then I want you to interpret it. And of course they said, that's impossible. No one can do that. No, no human being can do that. But he got so angry, and this is the attitude of the kingdom of the heart of a person that doesn't have God in their heart, especially if they're in position and power and authority. Kill all the wise men. How would you like to work for a boss like that? And the decree went out. Go search all the wise men and kill them. And not just kill them. Their, their families, everything, destroy everything. There would be not a trace of their existence. That is the heart of man apart from God. And Daniel hears, because he is part of that tra- staff in training, if you will. And when he finds out, he calls his friends And they have a prayer meeting. Novel idea, 2,600 years ago. They have a prayer meeting and they seek God's guidance and God's wisdom, God's leading. And the Lord reveals. And they give God the glory and the praise for revealing the secret of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And as we read, Daniel goes to Nebuchadnezzar and he explains that it is not he that he was so wise, but God chose to probably by now an 18-year-old to reveal the secrets, not just of this dream, but the prophecy, history, God's story of the mankind, the kingdoms that were to come. The Medo-Persian, the Grecian, the Roman Rome was not even a village at that time by the river Tiber. You have maybe difficulty connecting this being a spiritual kingdom in the heart of man with the real kingdom. Trust me, the king is coming. But just like the, the kingdoms of this world, the heart of man is such like the next kingdom of silver, of the chest and of the arms. We start rationalizing with our own intellect. We try to prove everything by science. We want to explain everything. And we believe we have the answers for everything. But after all this, there is this vacuum. There is this emptiness. There is this fear that Nebuchadnezzar has, even though he thought he had it all. But God wanted to show him he is not in control. He is the sovereign God, not Nebuchadnezzar. He has given him the kingdom and all of the kingdoms. And his days are over. And if you read the Daniel, it took Nebuchadnezzar over 40 years to really accept this fact. God was patient and long-suffering. See, the reason that it just simply won't happen, that you would find a fulfillment in this world, is very nicely 
captured in, in Ecclesiastes in chapter 3. I don't know if you ever know, noticed that verse. But it says, he, he had made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has set the world in their heart. This is in our heart. The world. And this can be better translated probably eternity in our heart. So that no man can find out the work that God make it from the beginning to the end. You see, there's this yearning for eternity. There's this desire that he has built within your heart, within my heart, for the eternal things, for the things of eternal nature that we cannot find through the system of this world. That we cannot find in the kingdom of our heart that is like gold or silver but only through the kingdom of heaven, only through the kingdom of God, because it is the God who reveals these secrets. And we know that those, the citizens of the kingdom of God, who possess the Holy Spirit, God reveals things that other people do not understand. See, he has made us in such a way. He has made, in his, made us in his image that we would desire and yearn for that eternal perspective. So what happens next? Like the kingdoms of this world, when we cannot find the satisfaction through intellect, through, through studies, it is like the, king, the Grecian kingdom of brass. If you know a little bit about Alexander the Great, all of their equipment was from brass. It was very polished, very shiny, pretty to look upon. The helmets the shield, the sword. And that represented that kingdom. Well, in like manner, the kingdom of man's heart starts into self-indulgence. On one side, we start fulfilling our life with material things. Maybe the best clothing, maybe the best car, a place to live, the best education. Indulgence in all the other things of life trying to fill that, that void that is in a man's heart. But you can't. You cannot. Not through the earthly things. But the danger falls as the kingdom of heart continues to pursue fulfillment through this world and worldly system and what world has to offer. It becomes like the uh, Roman Empire the fourth kingdom, a heart perhaps becomes hardened. And God's ability to mold and shape our tender hearts is more limited. You know, when you read about Pharaoh, you see so many examples of God hardening his heart, and Pharaoh, with continuing sinful disobedience, says, continue to harden his heart. And we know what happened to Pharaoh. So is the kingdom of man's heart left to his own devices, left to the secular teaching to the worldly kingdom's teaching, to the worldly kingdom's values and principles, 
It has a tendency to become hardened. And from outside, as Ron said, you know, perhaps we look tough. Not me. But inside is like that miry clay. We cover our sins. We cover all the things that are filthy. The brother Doug talked about one day would be open to everyone. An outside where maybe polished as brass and tough as iron and steel, but inside we're crumbling. He talks about the kingdom of God, not made with human hands. Isaiah 7:14 talks about, "Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a child, shall give his name Emmanuel, God with us." And he came to this earth, died on a cross, shed his blood. It says, "For the joy that was set before him, joy of please, pleasing the heavenly Father. Joy of opening the doors of the kingdom so that you and I can enter. And this kingdom, it says, from, from a stone that was not made with man's hands, will grow. Grow into a mountain and cover the whole earth. Tonight, I want to invite you one more time. Those that have already made that step, do not allow Satan to take you back. Do not allow Satan to pull you back into the kingdom of this world. You must surrender the kingdom of your heart unconditionally to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It is only then that you will have the answers to life's questions. It is only then that you would have a courage to face even the King Nebuchadnezzar as Daniel did. And be faithful at the age of 16 and 18. Daniel served God for some 70 years under all, several kingdoms that he has prophesied about. I dare you to be a Daniel. Do not give up what the God has started working in you. He's faithful and able to complete but he has given us a free will. And there lies the problem. He will not force us into this kingdom. It is his kingdom and he is inviting us even today. You know, when Peter preached the very first sermon, when the Jews around him says, Men, brethren, what must... I do to be saved, he says, repent and be baptized. Accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Master. See, the, the prophecy talks about this kingdom. And he talks about later on in Matthew that either you will be, you have to fall on this rock and be broken, surrender. No one likes the word surrender. But the path to victory is by surrendering your heart entirely to, to a king, or you will be crushed, just like the kingdoms of this world. The king is coming, we heard. He is coming to claim his own, and he will establish even the earthly kingdom for a, for a millennium. 
and he will rule with an iron rod. You know what that means? Everyone will be subject to him. No more free will. Today, we have the choice. Today is the invitation to surrender all to this king. In Revelation, we've already used a few references there, but the one that ties into uh, this prophecy says in chapter 19, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vasture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horse, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth go a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he had on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings. And Lord of Lords. Final invitation. Unconditional surrender of the kingdom of your heart to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is what is required. May the Lord continue to work in the hearts of those that have made that step leading towards full commitment. For that is what is required. And he's faithful and true. To close this evening, services, I've asked Sister Amanda to sing a song to the king who gave everything for me.